This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, uh, this is Jay Horowitz with another edition of the Amazing Mental of My Podcast. And my special guest this week is uh, Mike Breen. Mike, let me ask you, what was your first reaction when they told you you were inducted to the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame? That'd be a special honor for you. Um, really, really emotional, Jay. Uh, it's an unbelievably humbling thing. And um, it's not something you ever dream of. But the first reaction was, well, I got a lot of people to thank uh, for this, for being responsible for this. Uh, but it was, um, it, that's been the beautiful part about it all is being able to to call family and loved ones and colleagues and and thank them for all they've done and and again for their being responsible for it. Mike, what a great career you've had! You know, twenty eight years in the NBA, the voice of the Knicks since '06, uh, fourteen NBA second NBA Finals, five Olympics. And not a bad uh, resume so far for a young kid growing up in Yonkers, New York. Huh? <laughs> yeah, you know, Jay, it's it's. Um, I, I always say uh, I, I'm blessed far more than I deserve. Um, and it's just been, I, I just feel like I have the most, most wonderful life and, and opportunities given to me because I love the game of basketball. And, um, you know, I was a Nick fan growing up as a little boy. I fell in love with the game of basketball as a little boy. And to have Madison Square Garden be my, um, be my place, that's my office uh, to go to work is, uh, it's really a dream come true. I know that sounds corny, uh, yeah. but it's a dream come true. Mike, let me ask you, what's the, what was in the water at Fordham University? You have the great Vince Scully, yourself, Michael Kay, I'm, I forget anybody, just a, a breeding grounds for great announcers. It was, am, I, am I leaving somebody out there? In that, I mean, Oh, there, there, you know, there, there's so many right now. I mean, just like um, in so many of the announcers, Bob Papa, who's the announcer right, right. for the Giants, Chris Carino, who's the announcer right. for the Nets, Ryan Rucco. Uh, and these are just some of the recent guys. There's so many. Charlie Slows, who does the Nationals. Right. Yeah. Um, a great uh, breeding ground for announcers. It is. And, and, you know, Jay, the key was it's the coll- it was the college radio station um, because you really felt like by the time you graduated, you had four years of broadcasting experience because it was run like it was a professional station. And you had great mentors there. You had great people who who really taught you the ropes. And, and most importantly, you had the chance to, to – uh, to really have hands-on experience while you were still a student. So when you got, when you graduated, you came out and you were ready to work. Well, Mike, I know you have another passion besides the Knicks. Uh, uh, grew up as a Met fan. Let me answer you. Yonkers is probably close to the Yankee Stadium than Shea Stadium, I would think. How did you become a Met fan growing up? Well, I, I'm, I'm a family of, of six boys, um, so sports was not an option. It was a way of life, and my dad led the way. My dad was a huge baseball fan, but he loved the New York Giants. And when the Giants left town, he had to find somebody else to root for, and there was no way he was going to root for the Yankees, so he adopted the Mets. 
and because he was my dad and, and, you know, I looked up and idolized him. I, I became a Met fan and, uh, you know, I always used to tell him he gave me a lot of wonderful gifts in my life. And that was one of them. And I've been ever since I was a little boy, uh, just a crazy Met fan. It's one of the best things about my schedule, Jay, is I have off most of the summer because when I do NBA basketball, and as you know, uh, I spend a, a majority of my summer either going to uh, City Field or Shea Stadium back in the day or watching my Mets on TV because it's uh, it's been a lifelong passion of mine. You know, you were like seven or eight. And I, do you remember anything about 1969 at all? I mean, the, 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 uh, that year with the Knicks and the Mets and the Jets that year? Oh, absolutely. I don't remember so much about the Jets, but the, you know, again, the Mets were my team and, you know, the whole family sat around and watched every game. Uh, I had, it was so much fun this summer because of the, uh, the uh, programming that they put all the old games on. I watched all the games again. Um, and, you know, like, like every Met fan, uh, I just thought Tom Seaver was the greatest of right. all time, but my favorite player growing up, Jay, and every, every, either little league team or farm league team I played for, I wore the number three because Bud Harrelson was my yeah. guy. Yeah. And, um, you know, that team was just, it was so special. And, and one of the thrills of my life and the job has been over time, being able to meet a number of the former Mets and, and, uh, and get to know some of them. It's, um, you know, it just, it brought back so many memories watching those games again this summer. Do you remember Mike, uh, Mike when the first Met game you went to? It was before 69. It was a double header. Um, and it was against the St. Louis Cardinals. I remember, you know, <laughs> I remember going with my dad and we were worried about, you know, we're going to be there a long time. And, you know, back in the day when the double headers were, were frequent and in the afternoons and, and I just couldn't get enough. I wish there was a, you know, like Ernie Banks, I wish there was a triple header because I, you know, every little boy or, or a little girl who walks into a baseball stadium for the first time, you just remember the sea of green, all that green grass and I, I just was in awe. And as much as I loved the Mets before that, uh, that just uh, clinched it for me. I just became uh, just a, such a huge fan of the Mets and of baseball. I know I know you had some conflicts during the 2015 playoffs. I, I, I memory, I know you went to the games at City, right? Most of the games. And you, you had a conflict uh, for the second game in the World Series that you weren't able to watch that game or go to the game. It was torture because uh, I had an NBA preseason right. game and I had to work it. And, and sometimes I'm able to work it out where I can get uh, somebody to fill in for me. And I've done I have actually done that a few times with regard to bet games. How do you how do you, uh, how do you spin that, Mike? Is that a tough spin? You know, uh, you know what? It's, it's uh, you you offer them as much as you possibly can in compensation, both uh, in favors and financial. You do whatever you can. But I remember that particular game, which just was torture uh, trying to get updates. And fortunately, it ended um, the NBA game ended before the end of, of uh, our Met game. So I was able to watch the end of it. But I just, you know, getting constant updates throughout. I was a little distracted broadcasting that game. You used to, I, I used to text your family, you used to text you back and forth sometimes or did you any game? Oh, yeah. I had family. I had friends, uh, everybody. <laughs> I got more text that night concerning the Mets than anything that had to do with the game I was broadcasting. I, but I, I was with that. I, I almost got myself fired during the '86 uh, World Series. I'm a diehard football giant fan, so I had the the Giants were playing the Redskins that night, so I had it on in the press box. And one of the members from the front office walked by and asked me in a not too nice voice, 
which team do you work for? Shut off the damn TV. So, <laughs> so I, I know, I know what you feel. Like, you, you, Jay, you know, I don't know if you remember this, but in the '86 World Series, in Game Six, I was working for NBC Radio at the time, working on the Jack Specter show, and I had credentials, and I had a credential for Game Six. And as you remember, I'm sure uh, it was impossible the media seating, and there was just so many. And you stuck me in the back of the Red Sox radio booth. Really? Yeah. Behind them. That was like the only seat available. And I remember when the ball, <laughs> ball went through Buckner's legs and they scored, I kind of lost my uh, journalistic um, ethics and objectivity. And I started cheering. I started cheering in the press box before I quickly said, oh, you better, you better be quiet. Otherwise, you get thrown out. But, but don't you find is that like, you know, when I'm when I sit in the press box all the years of the year, I try not to be a fan. I would like, you know, knock my feet together, hit a wall or something like that. But I went to the giant games. I was able to be a fan. I mean, is that like with you like you can't. You know, you can't go crazy when you're on TV, but you were, when you're not on TV, did you was, did you have a dilemma doing that too? I mean, you, you can't leave both. You know, once you're in a professional atmosphere, you can't blatantly right. do what you got to do. But that's, that was my – No question, Jay. There, there were I used to do uh, playoff games when I did playoff games for NBC. And obviously it's a national uh, telecast, so you have to remain neutral. And the Knicks would be playing the Pacers, the hated Pacers. And Reggie Miller would hit a big shot. and. And I'd have to, you know, be excited and scream for a big shot that Reggie Miller just hit at Madison Square Garden to defeat the Knicks. Inside, I'm dying because I'm a Knicks fan. But you have to you have to remain professional like you did in the press box. I had to do it on the air. It was hard. Um, but, it, you know, you, it's just it's your job. So you have to do it. So that's why it's it's so wonderful for me to, you know, to go to City Field and just scream my fool head off when uh, when. Uh, Pete Alonso gets a base hit in the bottom of the ninth to win a game. It's it's great to be a fan in those instances. Mike, Mike I know you. Are you a little bit jealous of your son Matt that he's been working for the <laughs> for the last couple of years? Do you wish it would trade places a little bit? I mean, he's a great kid too. He works with us, and you know, really great on the ball. I mean, you should be really proud of uh, you know way he what he's doing. He's got a well, good, good career out of him. I, I certainly am. Um, he, he's a, a big Met fan as well. He, he loves his job. I love hearing about him. We're always asking him questions about, oh, who'd you meet today? Who'd you see today? Um, he just loves it down there. And uh, I'm, I'm super proud that he's been able to give that opportunity and, and the job that he's done with it. Mike, what of your uh, ABC, ESPN cards? Jeff and Gundy's a Met fan too, isn't he? If I read someplace or, or not. Oh, yeah. 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 He's a big Met fan. The problem is Mark Jackson. Yeah. I mean, he's been a Yankee fan forever. So, um, you know, we have arguments all the time. Uh, unfortunately, he's he's had the upper hand in in, in some seasons. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna catch up to the Yankees I, all these years. I remember one year, maybe correct. Didn't you call me one time? We're trying to arrange some tickets for a game, and you had to cancel it. We were scheduling permit. Was that 2015 again? I mean. Uh, uh, I remember one time you three you were out there, you were trying to come to a game and the, and you couldn't make it. Mike, Mike, were you at Game Five of the fifteen World Series? Yes. So let me see. What did you think when Matt Harvey walks off the mound with a two nothing lead? The crowd's going crazy, and it didn't work out great that night. You know, it's it's interesting, Jay. Two of two of my fondest memories as a Met fan, and what I reason I call them fondest memories is because to me they were goosebump memories. And when he walked off the mound 
and you know wanted to stay in and walked off the mound and and the applause, the thunderous noise, you feel I get goosebumps, and, and it really was one of the special moments. The other special moment that that gave you goosebumps was Andy Chavez's right. his catch, right? Um, and both both games represented just heartbreaking, gut wrenching losses. But it was it, it was just special moments that you remember that give you goosebumps, even when you watch them over today. That that Matt Harvey was <clears throat> was absolutely one of those. I mean, when when Andy made the catch, I said there was something. There's no possible way we're going to lose that game, and we had the bases loaded in the bottom of the inning. And uh, every time I see Cliff Floyd, I say, Cliff, you should have bunted in the ninth inning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so many shoulda, woulda, couldas in those. Yeah, but you know. For me too, um, you know those memories. I, I went to the games with my with my children, um, my son Michael, my daughter Nicole, and as you mentioned, Matt. They're all Met fans, and you know, and that's you know for for baseball fans. I think everybody would tell you that it's one of the special things about being a baseball fan is because it's passed over and passed down from generations, and to share moments like that with with my kids, it's stuff we still talk about, and uh, that's why I can't wait for. For the season to start again, uh, and I can't wait for the fans to get back into uh, to City yeah. Field. Mike, let me let me. What's it been like to jump to basketball for a second to work with Clyde Fraser? I mean, I mean, does he ever wear the same set of clothes two days in a row? <laughs> no, no, never two days in a row. And often he doesn't wear the same suit uh, more than once, maybe twice a year. Really? Because upgrading uh, upgrading his wardrobe. The, the yeah, you know, he he was a he was one of my sports idols growing up, and um, you know one of the joys of my career has not just becoming his partner, but we've become great lifetime friends. And he's he's such a wonderful man. I've learned so much from him. Um, he's so gracious, and as you know, Jeff, uh, Jay, it's hard sometimes. You know these pro athletes uh, that are bigger than life. You know they get mobbed all the time, and some are just so good at dealing with the fans. You've had some special right. ones like David Wright. And, um, and Clyde's like that. He embraces who he is as a New York icon in in sports, and it's been uh, it's been a real joy to to watch that and watch the way he deals with with so many people that just adore him. Does, does he, is he off the TV, off the mic? Is he a different kind of guy? Or is he really kind of the same guy off the off the microphone? No, he, he's he's different. Um, people uh, can't believe when I tell him he, he's almost he's a little introverted. Uh, and shy, but he's just, he has such warmth and depth to him. Um, I, I just, I mean, I love him and, and, you know, he's got the flashiness with the suits. He's got the, the vocabulary with the rhyming. Um, but he is, he's just a down to earth guy off the air. Uh, I'm not the only one that, 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 um, thinks so highly of him, the whole crew. I mean, everybody on the crew just thinks he's the best and, um, it's it really has been a treasure to be able to work Mike, with. Mike, you know, when I traveled, I have you know, I've changed jobs now. I'm, I'm a travelist. Dude, when we travel with baseball, like you're in a city for three, four days at a time. But when you travel, especially when you go in ABC, ESPN, is it is it, how hard is it to travel during the winter? You're only in the city for a day or two. And you don't really stay there a long time. Is that a little wearing sometimes? Yeah, as you know, Jay, it's it's really the one negative of the job um, because it does beat you up, especially as you get older. Um, and you know, with the NBA, there used to be you'd have you'd have four games in five nights, and they'd be in four different cities. So you'd play in a game on a Tuesday night, then you'd fly to the city after the game. You'd get into the hotel like three or four o'clock in the morning, try and get a little sleep, then head right to the arena, fly out again. I, I can't tell you how many times I would get on an elevator. 
uh, in a hotel, and I had no idea what floor I was I on because I've never done remember. that, Mike. Been there before. Or, or you you go up to the seventh floor yeah. and you're jamming your key into room seven twelve because that was the room you were in the night before in a different city, and it, you know, so it gets crazy, but. You know, if that's the one negative, it's okay. As you know, yeah. uh, Jay, it's, it's it's a privilege and an honor to be working in the business. That now you work. make me feel good, Mike. See, I feel like I'm going C now, but I did that, <laughs> Mike, I did that more than once and more than twice without to argue with the desk. You gave me the wrong key. Looked at the key. It was from the from San Francisco. I'm in Phoenix. You know, it says it. Wow, it's crazy. Mike, what do you – has your travel schedule been set now for what's going to happen in Orlando where it's still in work in progress? Yeah, still a work in progress. Um, I think that we are going to be calling the games from the arena in Orlando. Uh, when we go down, um, that's still to be determined, you know, probably a little bit <clears throat> before the games start on July 30th. So it'll be a few <clears throat> few days before, maybe a week before. Uh, but they still haven't finalized it. And as we know, things change so much on a daily basis right. that... Uh, Nothing is definitive right now. So you'll now. just stay down there? I'm going to mix it on, unfortunately, not in there. You'll stay down here the whole time? I don't know if it'll be the whole time. It'll be a, a long period of time. But again, Jay, that's that's still being worked on, and, and brighter minds than mine are, are trying to figure out exactly what's going to happen. Well, Mike, Mike, is there one, you know, going back, is there one game, I know you took it back to play, which one Met game stands out in your mind? Is there any, which were your family, is there one specific game? Did you it comes to mind? Well, it would be it would be hard it would be hard to um, not pick either game six or seven of the '86 series. You know, certainly '69 was was wonderful as a little kid and and watching Cleon Jones catch it. But the the joy, the euphoria of Game Six against the Red Sox when it looked like it was lost. It looked like, um, you know, the Red Sox are going to win the World Series and then to have that happen and, and get a chance at the Game 7 and then, you know, the, the joy of winning in Game 7, I, I think that's probably uh, that's probably up there number one yeah. for me. Yeah, I got to say, you know, I, I almost forgot. The first time you and I spoke on the on the radio was uh, with, with Imus in the morning in the early 80s. And I don't know if you remember, he used to he knew I didn't sleep. So he used to call me like it right after the show started. So tell me the worst things about what happened in the game last night. I mean, he would put me on the radio and Charles McCord and Bernie would call me. And I remember speaking to you sometime. I used to enjoy those calls. I mean, he, Don was always good to me. And I, I it was, I never, he never, I never knew what he was going to call. And all of a sudden <laughs> you're on the radio and don't curse, you know? And, <laughs> well, he, he, Jay, he loved you. And, and yeah. uh, the reason he loved it is because you, you had such a great sense yeah. of humor about it. And that's all it, that's all he wanted. If you could laugh at yourself, yeah. if you could laugh at him, uh, then you were you were popular on a show. Yeah, yeah. I, I was doing that laughing myself for 40 years. But the calls, I never knew what he was going to call. And he, I used to say, you know, I don't sleep, Don. And I would get these, hold on a second for Don Imus. And oh, my God. And, <laughs> and one time I forgot to tell one of my bosses on the air. And he said, what are you doing going on the air? And, you know, whatever. But I loved I loved it talks with him and he was uh, I loved all those guys but hey Mike I know you're a busy guy I appreciate your time and best of luck in Orlando and be safe with your family and you know hope to run into you soon at uh at City Field sometime this summer Jay thanks thanks for your friendship and uh, best of luck with the book I'm talking to a noted author yes. now and, and you've always been you've always been, your, your life is about the Mets you are as big a, a figure in Mets uh, history as any so thanks for all you did to you, Mike a pleasure thank you for your time my friend 
It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.